Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. Let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name's Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you as part of our show today, and thanks for tuning in. We hope you've been enjoying the episodes. Today, we're actually going to be talking about something that takes place in the parks that uh, Matt is quite the connoisseur of. I've dabbled in a once or twice, and that is the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game at Magic Kingdom Park. Matt, I know you are totally excited about this episode. Yes, I am. I This, to me, is an attraction, because I, I believe it is an attraction in the parks that, in my mind, is is quintessential Disney um, in terms of, of their ability to make all of these side things that are so, so compelling. So first, I feel like we should give an overview of what this is if you don't know what this is. So essentially what this is, is it is a um, it is a game that you play throughout the Magic Kingdom. Let me give you kind of the plot of what happens so that there's a whole storyline with it. So Hades is bored with the nothingness of the underworld and is looking for a new summer home with the, with the Magic Kingdom Park looking like an ideal spot, though Merlin stands in his way. So he sends Pain and Panic to Merlin's home to steal the crystal of the Magic Kingdom. It's a powerful artifact that keeps evil forces in check at the park, but they end up awakening Merlin in the process, and in the scuffle, the crystal is shattered into several pieces. So he has to, Hades now has to collect these pieces but he decides to call upon the team of villains to help retrieve the crystal shards from him for him. So you end up having to traverse yourself around uh, the Magic Kingdom, casting these spells and defeating villains, and uh, you're kind of in the story, and it's super cool. You know what I kind of kind of like in this too, Matt, is about. I want to say six or seven, maybe even eight years ago, the idea of all of these different franchises crossing over into one meta universe really became popular. You know, when you think about the release of Descendants, right, on on the Disney Channel and the Villains Kids, or the show on ABC that came out about eight years ago, Once Upon a Time, and, you know, what happened when, you know, the Evil Queen sets a curse, right? You know, this kind of reminds me, this kind of, and this has been around much longer than that, but this 
was kind of, in a lot of ways, Disney's first foray into this idea of what happens when we cross promotions together? You know, will, is there an audience for that? And and I know for a fact that this is a very popular game among annual pass holders, among people who go to Disney on a regular basis. And I want to say this, you know, at first, you know, this is not necessarily one of those games or one of those things that you do if it's your first trip to the park. There is so much other stuff at the park that you could literally spend three or four or even five days just in Magic Kingdom alone to get through all the headline stuff, right? The Seven Dwarves Mine Train, the Space Mountain, the, you know, Big Thunder Mountain, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion. Of course, everyone knows my favorite, Splash Mountain. This is what you do if you're a local, if you're an annual pass holder, or you find yourself going down on a regular basis and you're looking for something different other than spending a day fast passing the attractions the whole day. Would you agree no, with that? No, I would I actually would disagree with that. I really? think that uh, yeah, I now d- don't get me wrong. I I am not starting up a convince me episode of why <laughs> this is a tier 1 attraction and you should do it before uh Space Mountain and Big Thunder. No, it, it clearly isn't. But I I don't want people to be fooled into thinking that doing this is somehow um making it so you can't do other other things. So the first thing I want to mention about this, um, you know, I mentioned casting spells earlier, and it's how how do you do that? Well, you get cards, Mm -hmm. and these cards have great artwork on them, and they're all Disney-related. So I'm looking through mine right now. I have Apprentice Mickey's Broomsticks, Eve's Laser Blast, The Fairy Godmother's Pumpkin Bash, Tinkerbell's Pixie Dust, Violet's Force Fields, Aladdin's Lamp, Bolt's Super Bark, uh, Flower's Flower, uh, Lumiere's Candle Blast. So it's all Disney related parks and movies. So this is what you go around um, casting. There's a, at each portal that you get to, there's a camera that reads your card. And when you say there's a camera that reads your card, so there's, for those of you who've not seen these, there's spots all around the Magic Kingdom that literally you stand in the spot, you hold your card up, and then suddenly the magic mirror kind of takes over and shows you a video image of, of what's happening with your card and how your particular spell is doing against whatever that particular villain is, correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So the nice thing about this is once you start it, there isn't a time limit on it. You can do it for a half an hour, an hour, and then you can go on a ride. And then you can stop and do it for another two hours. And in the midst of that, get lunch, get a snack. And so you can leave the park and come back two days later and it will have remembered your progress. And so you can move on through it with that. And I find it's the perfect thing to do when everything is like an hour long baseline wait. Because you know about that in my experience, around 12.30, 1 o'clock, that after lunchtime, you start looking at the My Disney Experience app and you start walking around and going, man, everything's like 50 minutes base. I don't really want to stand in line for 50 minutes. So this is the perfect thing where you might run into some lines of people that are at the same portal that, that you've been at. But in my experience, I've waited maybe 10 minutes once or twice throughout the time that I played it. And so it's a nice way to move the afternoon along 
without standing in a bunch of lines while still having a relaxing time. You're not rushing off and like, oh, no, we have to get this done. We only have two hours left. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I I think it's the perfect mid-afternoon thing. You have a snack while you're doing it. You sit in the shade. If you see that there's an attraction that that has all of a sudden dropped to half an hour wait, you hop on that and do it and it's fine. So I, I, I hear what you're saying in that it's, it's definitely is a lot of a a big locals thing, but I I also think it it is a sneaky, really good attraction. Well, I think, I think we're saying the same thing, Matt. Well, I guess what I'm trying to get at is if we got somebody who's listening to the podcast right now, who's literally going down for their first time to magic kingdom, this is not something I would say you do. This, this would be something that maybe if you got two days or three days of the Magic Kingdom, maybe on at the tail end of day two or on, definitely on day three, and you're you know you're going to go back and you're going to experience some of the same attractions again. Then yes, but I think for you know when you think about a lot of listeners, this you know a trip to Magic Kingdom might be the very first time, or they only get down every two, three, or four years. They're trying to maximize as much time on the headliners, if you will. This may not be the thing for them, but, you know, you might have that, um, that teenager, you know, or that, that preteen, for example, who's 11, 12, 13, 15 years old, who might look at Disney and go, ah, Disney's kind of lame. I want to go to Universal. This could also be a way to keep them entertained as well throughout the park, right? Then you've got your gamers, you've got your video gamers. It's like a live action video game, really. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's an RPG game. It's it, that's yeah. absolutely what it is. And the other thing that I love about it is it has difficulty levels. Mm-hmm. So the easy level, which um, is just cast a card, it defeats the villain, you're done. So it, it's very very easy. So that's for your like you're just trying it out. You don't really want to think. But then it's got two different levels. So on each of these cards, there's different types of attack. So there's charming attacks, energy attacks, quick attacks, uh, strong attacks, wishful attacks. There's different types. And each villain has a strength and a weakness. So you have to pay attention to keep track of, okay, who am I facing now? And what are their strengths and weaknesses? And then they released in 2013 a hard mode that the strengths and weaknesses change and you have to read the spell on the screen and you have to deduce the correct spell type and then use that in the encounter. So you can really make this a highly difficult game if you want to. And so for that, you know, again, that teenager, that gamer teenager, or even that gamer adult that is like, I'm looking for something really challenging and exciting. This can be that. So let's talk a little bit about where some of these portals are located. So for somebody who might be interested in doing this game, the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to go to the firehouse in town square, correct? That's where they pick up their first starter deck. Yes. Um, And I should say this, these decks are totally free. This is not a pay to play thing. You walk, you walk to the firehouse. It is included in your ticket. Um, and then you'll get associated with your magic band. If I'm not mistaken, they'll scan your magic band and that's how you create your account. That is absolutely correct. Um, and so then you'll get a short little tutorial on like what's going on, how to do this. The cast member will help you and then they'll send you on your way with a map. I suppose then you'll want to know what's going on. Boys, I'm thinking it's time for a change of atmosphere. Maybe a nice summer place. You could use a little sun, boss. Which is why I've got my eye on this charming little kingdom. The charming part can be fixed, but otherwise it's got a little curb appeal. Just redecorate, maybe hang some new drapes, and we're good. 
Yep. And then now these portals are located all around the Magic Kingdom. I know, for example, when you're going down Main Street USA and there's that little kind of alcove on the right hand side, there is a uh, portal, I believe, in one of the shop windows there, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's like four or five portals per land and yep. for each villain. So you, you can kind of look at this game in chapters where each chapter is a new villain, which I yep. guess I, this is a great time to list off what villains you'll be facing. Cruella DeVille, uh, Jafar, Scar, Yzma, Ursula, Maleficent, Dr. Facilier, Governor Radcliffe, and then it kicks off with uh, the demon uh, Chernabog. Is that wow. how I say it? Chernabog, yes, from Fantasia. Yeah, so that's the last final boss. So each of these chapters is within a land. So you aren't, within a chapter, you're not like going from Tomorrowland to Adventureland back to Tomorrowland back. Like you're pretty much staying within the confines of a land and then you move to the next land. And I believe you're given a map too that shows you where the portals are at, correct? Absolutely. And once you know where the portals are, then they're obviously they're easy to find. You do end up, you know, recycling some portals where you go back to another one. You go, okay, it's, it's, I'm going back to that one. I know where it is now. So initially, sometimes you're like, wait, where is this? And then, and then you can figure it out. Some of them are very cleverly hidden. Now, if somebody was to, you know, I guess two questions here. First and foremost, is it beatable? And then once it's beatable, do you replay the same game or does the game change once you've beaten like the first version of the game? So um, after you beat the first version of the game, you can decide to up the difficulty level. The okay. other thing that beating the game does is it gets you more cards. Okay. And, um, and also I should say that it is one per one pack per person in your party. So okay. let's say you and Nate were to go, and play this game together, you would get a pack and he would get a pack, but you could play the game together. Gotcha. And so if you have a family of five, it's not just, oh, it's one pack per family. It's no, everybody gets their pack of five cards. You can, you can get a collection pretty quickly. And then after you beat the entire game, then you can go, there's actually a spot right outside the Christmas shop, yield Christmas shop as well, that you can check in and get a new pack of cards. So, I've got a decent selection of, of cards really from not having played it a ton. And the other fun thing about this, and this is kind of maybe weird, but you meet some really cool people while playing this game because you meet the annual pass holders. You meet the guy that's like, yeah, I love this game. Hey, you got any duplicates? Hey, take one of my duplicates and talk to him for five minutes. And it's, it's a really cool way to talk to some people about what's going on in the parks and their park experience. And it, it's cool. Well, you know, I think it's also cool, too, because if you are the, a type of person who grew up playing Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of these card games, Magic the Gathering, right? This, this uh, Dungeons and Dragons, or if you were a video game nut and liked Zelda, or when I was a kid, I played a game called Breath of Fire, which I absolutely loved on Super Nintendo. And I said, still, I have an emulator on my computer and will play that from time to time. This kind of combines the best of those worlds and allows you to, to kind of get immersed in a completely different environment. It, it kind of reminds me, and again, I don't know if you've got the history on this, Matt, of how long this has been in the parks. Do you, do you happen to have that in front of you at all? Yeah, it debuted February 22nd, 2012. So, okay, it's, so it's, it's an eight-year-old attraction. 
Yeah, so it debuted right along the same times as, like I was saying, those crossovers of what happens when we combine all these worlds together. What this reminds me of is, and for those of you who've ever played the game Kingdom Hearts, it reminds me almost as like a live action version of Kingdom Hearts where you're kind of like Sora, right? And you're going around defeating all these villains in these different worlds, except it's actually happening in the real world while you're at the be- the most magical place in the, on the earth, in the Magic Kingdom is, is kind of what this reminds me of. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it is very much like that, where you have, you know, in each world in Kingdom Hearts, you have a character from that movie that's kind of your guide. And you have that here in in this game, where for the Cruella de Vil section, Pongo serves as your guide. Cusco serves as your guide for the Yzma one. Genie serves as your guide for the Jafar one. And so, like, you, you have this character that you're with, and they help you defeat these villains, and it's all this interweaving storyline that is... Um, and even some of these villains have ulterior motives that, well, okay, I know I'm supposed to be guarding this Christopher Hades, but I have my own plans for it. Like it's, mm. it's, it's a really well done thing. And let me say this too. They bring back the voice cast of a lot of your favorite characters. So James Woods is back from with Hades. You've got the original voice cast of um, for Ursula. Gilbert Godfrey comes back as Iago. Uh, Cheech Martin is Bonzi, the, um, the hyena Patrick Warburton comes back as Kronk. You've got the voice of Tiana coming back. You've got Jody Benson coming back as Ariel. So this was not like some cut rate. Oh, let's just get some Ariel sound alike. They, they got the big boys out for this. And I think what I also like about it too, is that you get, you kind of get some souvenirs that cost you absolutely nothing. You know, a yeah, lot of people you get, criticize, you know, criticize Walt Disney world souvenirs. I mean, you know, a, a stuffed animal costs you 25 bucks down in the parks. Well, these get, get a pack of cards. I think it's got five or six cards per pack or something like that. You know, yeah, five and, cards per pack. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you got five people in your party, suddenly you got 25 cards, suddenly you got a trading, you got kind of a trade card war between the family members and you're able to trade, you're able to do that every day. So if you're going to be the magic kingdom three days, you can, you can go into the, the fire house and get a new pack for each member of your party every day. And suddenly you've got yourself a nice little collection. And even if you just collect the trading cards and don't play the game, it's kind of cool too. Well, that's what I did last time I was in the park. I didn't have time to play it. I had some other things that I wanted to do and it was raining and it really isn't a great game to play in the rain. That's kind of one of the, the, the problems with it, but I definitely went there and, and got my deck of cards and built my collection. So yeah, it's a great, it's really a great souvenir. So the other thing that often when, when people are asking me about this is, okay, Matt, how long does this take you? So to give you an idea, my wife and I played the game one time when we were down there and we did the entire thing in about four to five hours. And this was, and this was with stops. Like this wasn't rushing, rushing, rushing. This was, we took 20 minutes and we sat down and had a treat. We went on a ride. We saw a show. We did things here and there. Um, So it, it, it wasn't like we were on a mission. We, I mean, we moved with pace and we, we figured it out and we did it, but we, we did not like stop everything and just focus on this. So if you really wanted to, you could probably get the entire thing done in three to four hours. But I, I always say, take it easy. Don't, don't kill yourself getting this done. And with that, let me ask, let me ask you this real quick. So, you know, with, let's say you got a brand new person who's going down and it's just one person, it's just them. They get their deck of cards. They get their five cards, their starter pack. 
are there are they able to play it from start to finish with just that one deck of cards? Absolutely. So it's not one of those things where like, oh my god, I don't have this one card to finish off this one boss, so I can't finish. They're able to do it with just that that five pack, but what makes the game replayable is that you get a new deck, so you got new characters which create new events and new things, new spells and new ways to play and beat the game. Yes, and you can also then increase the difficulty, and so the next time you play it, you make it a little more difficult, whereas, like, the first time that me and my wife did it, it was just, like, just toss up any old card, and the spell will cast, and the villain gets defeated. How do you you lose the game? Are you able to lose? So, um, if you, like, let's say you you go to the portal, and you decide to do nothing, and I I, this kind of transition into one of the drawbacks of the game is sometimes the camera is not perfect at reading the card. Sometimes it goes off without a hitch. Um, A lot of times it's more of the indoor portals that light is really not that great. And so um, uh, one of the tips uh, someone gave us was, you know, shine a flashlight on it so the camera can pick it up. But if you let, so it, it didn't read my spell. It gives me another portal to go to. I go to that portal and I just restart the level. So there, you really can't lose it. You can decide to do nothing or you cast the wrong spell and you just then have to do it again. So it's, it's just a delay thing. But there is no like game over, you lost, sorry, you have to restart from the beginning. Um, there, there's none of that to my knowledge. But in a lot of ways, it's very... I mean, it's kid friendly in a lot of ways, but it's kid friendly in the fact that someone's not, you know, I'm not a big video game guy. I mean, I played video games. Again, I'm more of an older school Mario kind of video game guy. I've never gotten into the really intense, crazy RPGs that give you multiple ways to finish. And, you know, each way has its own decision tree. And then suddenly if you pick the wrong decision, the game's over with. I've never been a fan of those games. I know a lot of people are, but that's not me. That doesn't sound like that's what this is. This is, there is pretty much a linear path. You're able to kind of go down different paths, but they all kind of take you down the same linear path. And it's really hard to lose. It's actually almost impossible to lose. You might just restart a chapter is more or less what you're saying. Exactly. Like, and not even the full chapter, just like the section of the chapter that you're on, you have to redo again. And, and so, yeah, it really is an impossible game to lose, which makes it accessible for all ages. Yeah. I, Pretty much, I, I, I agree with you, Casey, that if it's the first time at your par- at the parks, this probably isn't, and, and you're only going for like three or four days or even one day at the Magic Kingdom, yeah, this probably isn't the one thing that you want to do. But if this is your first, even if it's your first time going and you're there for a week and a half and you have three or four days in the Magic Kingdom, plan an afternoon to do this. And it absolutely is worth it. Yeah, I think that's good. Now, you had mentioned one drawback. Are there any other drawbacks that you can think of? I mean, there's some minor ones that I suppose could be drawbacks. They don't bother me. The, the camera thing is the biggest one. Um, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Because when something doesn't work, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah, but sure. It sounds like yeah. they put a lot of time and energy into this. You know, again, when I, I've only played it once, but I, I was impressed by the videos, again, by the voice acting, by the story, by the world that they created. Now, do you know, did, I know this is in Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Do they have this also at Disneyland in California? No, this, to my knowledge, this is a Disney World specific attraction. Like they reference Disney World. And the reason for that is because it's so heavily tied to your Magic Band. 
that's that's uh, how you open all the portals. So it, yeah. it's a Disney World thing because it's it's so centered around the Magic Bands. Wouldn't be surprised if something like this does come to Disneyland if they do go towards that Magic Band technology, which I would assume that would be coming. But that's I have no idea. Um, no, but know, yeah, this is a Disney World specific. At, at Walt Disney World, at one point a while ago, there was a series of books called Kingdom Keepers. Is this related to that in any way? It is not. Okay, this is going to be terrible because these books are written for like people more than half of my age. But I've read most of those books. <laughs> <laughs> I actually listened to one on audiobook on a trip up to Wisconsin one time with my wife. So. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know. Different strokes for different folks, my man. If you, if they bring you joy, they bring you joy. Seriously. Oh, I mean, they're, they're well researched, and they give you it, they give you a little more history behind the parks. Um, okay. So it, it's essentially, what those are is that it's a, a similar storyline where there's a villain that's trying to take over the parks, but the, they're not related. It, it's it's from a similar vein, but they are not related. I'm wondering if I mean, they it, where they got the idea from or something and they kind of decided to expand it into a multimedia experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the other drawback is it is a lot of outside. So you are walking around in the Florida heat and there's not all of the portals are within shade. I would say most of them are, but some of them are just outside. And so if you do get caught, you know, in a short line where you're behind two people, you know, you're standing outside and it's a little bit hot, but it's my opinion on that is you're in Florida. It's going to be hot. Like if you're, if you're expecting to go to Florida and have it be, Ooh, it's going to be a nice cool 60. Like, what are you doing? Maybe, um, maybe during Christmas time, you're going to get that nice cool weather. But yeah. if you're there anytime from April to September, you're, you're not, it's not going to happen. So, Oh, and that's the other thing that I, I mean, you mentioned Christmas. So you can also get exclusive cards for this. So for the last, you know, three or four years, uh, the Mickey's Not So Scary and the Very Merry Christmas have exclusive cards for those parties. So, um, like one of them, you'll appreciate this, Casey, because I know how much you love Carousel of Progress. From 2017's Mickey's Very Scary, f- sorry, Very Merry Christmas party, it was Rover's Christmas, and so oh, Rover's- I love it. That's great. So it's a card with him, like his his bark and something like that. So if you do <laughs> attend these, you can um, you can get these exclusive cards as well um, and play the game during that time. That's so awesome. it, that's a that's a fun little merch merch tip for you. That's but yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there are very few drawbacks to this in my opinion, the, because it, it just, it's fun. It's so much fun and you, it takes a while and you get to see different scenes and stories. And like we talked about with Avengers campus and star Wars galaxy's edge, it puts you in the story. You are a part of this story. And so it's not just walking around the park. It's, I got to get to the next portal because I need to defeat this villain so he doesn't take take over the the magic kingdom. Oh, I'm so important. Like, it's it's fun. You can immerse yourself into that. Um, so it, it, that's one of the reasons why, especially, like you said, as a person who goes to the parks fairly often, I, this is on my list of things I have to do because it, it's so much fun. 
That sounds like a blast. Well, Matt, as I look at the clock, it looks like we got to close up shop. It is closing time here, my friends. So I'm curious to hear from our listeners. Uh, if this is a game that you play or you're interested in playing or you've played or you've had a unique experience, we would love to hear from you. So Matt, can you tell them how they're able to get a hold of us? Yeah, and if you have any more questions about some of the logistics you don't quite understand, please ask. I'm happy to help. So that is um, our email is beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can also join up on our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. It's a great way to talk with other Beers and Ears listeners. They might have some tips and tricks for you. The Twitter and Instagram, uh, beersears1928. You can tweet at us or uh, uh, send us a message on Instagram. We're happy to respond. Um, and I mean this in all seriousness. If you have cards that you don't want, I want them. I will find a way for you to get them to me. So if you have cards, you're like, these are just lying around. I don't really want these. Please contact us. I want them. I do still have the pack I bought for you in February, Matt. The next time we're allowed to see each other, I will uh, I will make sure that I get them over to you. So Fantastic. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, it's been a great episode. Thank you for joining in on the Beers and Ears podcast as we talked about the Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom. We will see you next time. Don't forget, new episodes release every Tuesday and Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.